Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. VeggiePod is a self-watering, portable green bed company helping people grow their own food. Simon Holloway joins us in this Mindful Biz Podcast episode. Simon is the Marketing and Sales Director of VeggiePod Global, an Australian-owned and run company. Following their win on Shark Tank in 2016, VeggiePod's success has spread beyond Australia and to 14 other countries. With humble beginnings, Simon lived out of the back of his van, driving across the country to introduce their product to green garden centres and other potential suppliers. Fast forward to operating during the pandemic, VeggiePod has had its two best months on record in 10 years, both locally and globally. VeggiePods were selling out weekly for almost eight consecutive weeks, up 500% in sales. With this came the stresses of keeping up with demand, which brought on a number of challenges during this period. Join us for this fabulous episode. I'm sure you're going to love this as much as Simon and I had fun recording it. Hi, Simon. Thanks so much for joining us here today. How are you? Really well. Thanks. Yourself? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I've seen your product so much online and on social media, so this is really great to have a conversation today. So before we kick into, you know, about your business, I would love Mm. you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Uh, Okay, my name is Simon Holloway. I'm one of three owners of VeggiePod. Um, I'm original far north coasty, so from up near a little farming area called Tregeagle, halfway between Lismore and Ballina, and... uh, I am basically the head of sales and marketing from a global level for VeggiePod, still based in Sydney. And, of course, we've got Matt, the inventor, who's now living in the US, and the other business partner, Paul, who's uh, based here with me in Sydney uh, doing more of your general overall management. Fabulous. So how long ago was the business launched? Well, if you take it way back to... Uh, Matt scrabbling around in the back of the, the shed. It's ten years ago, wow. um, and uh, yeah. So then there was a couple of years, of course, of, of Matt developing those very first prototypes and and getting the business off the ground on the local level. And but uh, his bro and I um, joined and you know helped seed further activities and and brought our brains into the business as well. So that really was eight years ago where the three musketeers formed and and got things going. Amazing. All right, then. So can you tell everyone what a veggie pod is? Yeah. Well, if I may say so myself, it's the best raised garden bed in the world. Um, we're not just a standard four-wall raised garden bed, as, as, as probably springs immediately to mind for most people. We have a – we're sometimes called the transformers of the garden. There's more than meets the eye. So we have a lot of features for, for a garden bed. We have a, a self-watering wicking bed in, in below the soil. We have – uh, microclimate and protection canopies above. We have irrigation mist sprays lining the ceilings. We have them placed on uh, custom stands and trolleys. Um, so we have all these different feature-rich things going on that creates pretty well a fail-proof veggie garden. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. How long does it take to get one going? Uh, in terms of putting it together or in terms of getting your garden? Getting your garden, getting your garden going, yeah. 
Oh, look, not long at all. It's, I mean, there are quick wins out there. And, and you know, of course, there are some ones that like carrots, it'll take you four months before you start eating. But, you know, if you, once you've got your soil in and you start planting your um, your leafy greens and your culinary herbs, I mean, you're eating within a couple of weeks. Your buck choys and your your baby spinaches, which, you know, by their very nature are called baby, you start eating those those leaves within a couple of weeks and you can have a lot of fun really quickly. Mm. My goodness, does that is there a benefit to having it raised? Well, yeah, it's, it's mainly for uh, well, we've got it raised to the waist height, which is actually quite unusual because, technically speaking, anything just above ground level, be that even a say a mere five centimeters, it becomes a raised bed, right? So people will often just do a couple of panels or a couple of sleepers around, and they call it a raised bed, which technically it is, but. According to us, it's not really raised until you get up to your waist height because our main, um, you know, the, the key aim there for us is that you're not doing any bending over, you're not on your knees. If anyone's gardened before, they'll know that after, you know, it only takes 10 minutes and your back starts hurting. So that's not just, by the way, just down to older people. That's, you know, even for us who are fairly young and fit, it becomes painful. So, we're one of the very few that really raise it up to the uh, to the waist height to make easy gardening and indeed accessible gardening to those who, who particularly do struggle. Like uh, you know, we work with the cerebral palsy alliance. There's a lot of a lot of the disability groups. We've worked a lot with aged care. Um, a lot of people with, with these accessibility issues are, are finding it a godsend. But even for those without the challenges, it just makes gardening a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. So are things incredibly busy for you at the moment? Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We've had our our busiest, the last four months have been our busiest months Mm. um, in 10 years, basically. I mean, it was, yeah, COVID, you know, for better or worse, brought, um, uh people's lives to a different change and gardening came to the fore because you know people for were, were were at home and some out of necessity some out of boredom some out of intrigue um got into gardening and it wasn't just us of course the whole horticultural industry as a whole across the globe got a huge shot in the arm and it's, it's a well-deserved industry really you know it's about gardening it's about it's good for people it's good for the planet it's good for society so we obviously rode off the back of that and we've just been well we were sold out in every single country all 15 countries that we distribute in uh wow. week on week there for about eight weeks um it started to taper off somewhat now but yeah it's been been fantastic frankly it would have been quite stressful as well i would imagine oh my gosh yeah, uh, yeah we uh look we were all driven to the ground because not only were we super busy uh like no other time with, with the business side of things but of course those those other um, elements of covid um brought you know brought other pressures to bear we had some staff that couldn't get to work and then staff were working at home with kids that they'd never dealt with before yeah. we had factories being hampered we had the wharfies and the dockies here and there you know everything was becoming not only super busy from a demand point of view but super difficult from the supply chain and and, yeah. and indeed our own human resource. So, yeah, it was stressful there for a while. Good mm. stress, but stressful. 
Uh, look, I know so many businesses in that same scenario because it was literally like a tap had been switched on. It was like they're going on mm. from business as usual and then all of a sudden like the demand just so full on that, yeah. And yep. also people start to get a little bit angsty as well and it's it's yes. managing that and keeping, you know, your customer service flowing and everyone satisfied and, yes, very difficult. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Well, yeah. What, what would you say is like you know one or a couple of the biggest challenges that you've faced so far in, in that particular period, or, or you mean throughout our ten? Oh, just years? In, yeah, throughout your ten years. Oh well, look. I think like any small business, particularly when we were tiny then, and even now, really. I mean, it's not like we're you know, it's not like we're a Toyota by any means, but. You know, I think it's always been the fact that you, you run on a lack of resource. You know, you, you as, as small business owners and, you know, whether it was Matt, it's a one-man band for the first couple of years or when it was us three, um, you know, we, we were running on an oily rag. We're living out of the back of the vans, driving around Australia to sell our, our pods cold calling into garden centres. We were, and then, you know, you're all cleaning the dunny. You are having to put the demos together. You're having to do the marketing. You're having to do talks. You know, we, we, you do everything, and I think that's a huge challenge when you're starting because it's not just the cash flow and, and and you know all the business sides of it, but it's it's your limited resource from your sales and 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 from what you can pull in, and then trying to apply that evenly over. Uh, you know, I think every small business owner mm. realizes that. So, I mean, we kind of get caught up in that too. I found that even over the years, as we have grown and as we've been able to afford more resource, that you're almost inculcated yourself with that mindset that you do everything on the oily rag and that you keep top which is healthy in some ways because you don't blow out your costs but you almost have to have to change your mindset to say no listen I, I can't afford a bit more here let's get the resource in because I'm too busy not to anymore so that's certainly a challenge to, to, to move from that mindset as you go from from super small to a bit small to medium size which I think maybe we're at now and that's been a real challenge to get ourselves out of that mindset. And yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one of them. Well, it's also finding the right people to call upon as well. Mm, yeah, right. Well, that actually that's probably a very good challenge. Yeah, it's because of we were starting from family, you know, like Paul and Matt are brothers. I was very good friends and worked with Paul for many years. Uh, our New Zealand distributor was an ex-university friend. Our UK distributor was an ex-colleague um, for many years. Uh, Canada was Matt's son. So it was all very much still, even as we expanded the family, the, the, the inner circle, if you like. And, mm. you know, you have trust. You have the ability to really call it straight sometimes. But, you know, we've, we've got bigger than that now. And, and, and you realise, oh, God, I've got to let go of a bit of control here. I don't know that person that well. And when VeggiePod... Uh, Singapore starts up and, you know, you don't really know them from Arthur Martha at first and you have to go over and deal with them. It's it's kind of a scary step when you've had that control over those initial years and you know you've succeeded and yet you cannot succeed further or grow further unless you get outside of your little family and inner circle. So that you're right, like finding those right people has been you know, a real challenge. And that, that comes down to your internal admin stuff here. I'm not talking internationally. We our uh, you know, uh, we've got secretarial support now, and we've got I've got a rep in each uh, capital city of Australia, and and finding those people has been a few little uh, learnings along the way. But yeah, we just, it's certainly a challenge. 
Yeah, my goodness. So which countries are you stocked in now? Okay, we are. So Australia, New Zealand, USA, Canada, UK, Portugal, South Africa, Mauritius, Singapore, Philippines, uh, that's uh, oh, um, Ireland, Scotland. Oh, my god! Wales. I'm missing two. I'm counting through them. I'm missing two. Uh, what continent have I hit? Oh, gosh. I don't know. There's a couple more out there. So that's yeah. 13 out of the 15 anyway. So, yeah, very good. Oh, we're in uh, United Arab Emirates. Right. Cool. So where would the majority of your sales be coming from? So Australia is still the yes. lifeblood. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're the, we're the originator here and despite going into obviously some countries with massive populations, we're still number one in terms of overall revenue. Um, then, you know, New, Ze- New Zealand has gone absolutely ballistic. I think on a per capita basis, as a matter of fact, they're probably number one. They absolutely love growing and the DIY type side of that. Um, so they've gone really well. Uh, Canada, uh, sorry, uh, UK and US would follow behind that. And those are the ones where, from a business perspective, we either own outright or have majority share. Yeah. Um, the other smaller countries, you know, UAEs of the world, your Singapore's, your South Africa's and whatnot, they are just pure distributor models where other mm. people who have taken on that distributor right as a business in those countries act. So uh, they are definitely much smaller but, but play a very important role to our uh, overall uh, uh, international expansion and, and, and marketing strategies. Wow. Did you, from the outside, um, envisage such international expansion? Um, look, we, we, I don't think we even had the mind to envisage it. We, we just got stuck in here and, and it really came down to a moment where I think four years, four going on five years ago, when we won Shark Tank was the impetus for us to go, all right, we've got something going here. There's obviously it works and we had indeed tried it in every type of demographic that you could think of you know we, we, we were selling here in Australia to the rich to the poor to the city to the country to you know to beach to desert it didn't matter where we were we were selling so we knew we had a very broad appeal product um, we knew obviously that there are other countries at least culturally fairly similar to us hence you'll notice that those major sellers are indeed those um, you know a lot of the the, the ex-commonwealth and whatever else there so we thought we could, and and I I literally flew over to Can to New Zealand just after Shark Tank and thought, right, let's 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 use the Kiwis as our litmus test. They're they're, they're pretty well, you know, for the most part, they're very similar in, in many ways. But at least it was going to start testing our ability to have cross border challenges uh, seen to such as you know international uh, uh, exporting and and taxes and all and and, and a distant um, presence, and it went. Uh, in the, on that first trip, I was again cold calling, sold in straight away, and we went, okay, I think we're onto something. And and then they just went bang, 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 and we've, you know, we put a lot of time and effort into it, and um, it's great to see that it's indeed now crossed into which we weren't sure of. To your question, we weren't sure that it was going to cross culture as well. So, but it's gone into Asia, it's gone into Africa, yeah. it's gone into the Middle East. Probably South America is the one that we haven't attempted to go to yet, but. It seems to cross well that's gardening, isn't it? Really? Mm. If we bring it boil it down to simplicity, gardening is something that is so broad. And indeed, if you wanted another challenge, that that was another one for us was 
we don't have a niche market. It's a blessing and a curse. We sell to five-year-olds, to 85-year-olds, to the rich and the poor, to people that want to do it for organic reasons or vegan reasons or for health or for because they don't want to spend money at the supermarkets. There's a whole range of people. And we go, well, who are we marketing to? Everyone? We go, yep. So it's got to be be more or less, okay, where's the low-hanging fruit? Where's the least barriers? And where can we leverage um, some efficiencies from and and have the potential most growth quickly, I think. But it still is a wonderful thing to see that, that, and indeed it should, that gardening is an appeal to absolutely anyone and everyone. Mm. So, right, there's lots going on. How do you Mm. focus your time? Like what, what are you focused on in the business? Right now, or do you mean yeah, as right, like for now? Like how how are you focusing? Like because there's so much going on, you you yes. could end up doing a lot and not much happening because and you're just spinning in circles, think, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. how do you stop yourself from doing that? Well, yeah, it, look, it's it's really <laughs> hard, particularly particularly from from our perspective here and in, in what we call shed quarters uh, in our head office here as we. Because we're obviously, Paul and myself will be dealing with, you know, 14 countries. You know, we've got 14 monthly calls with, with, with 14 different distributors and, and all their different stages. So for us, it's very much about setting time aside um, with ourselves and with Matt. Uh, you know, we'll have weekly, um, minimum weekly conference calls and, and, and trying to put aside some of that broader aspect stuff. You've got to have the overall strategy and the overall um pathways of where we're aiming to go and then we'll have further stuff where we then start going back and forth with, with the tactical um so it's it's about locking those down because they even those slip out you know you get busy and hang on a minute i've got i'm talking to channel 10 of them in the morning boys i can't do this call no nah, we realize that it then just slips out to the next week slips out to the next week so you, it's almost you know you have to be as rigid as as you make sure you clean your teeth before you go to mm. bed every night, right? Well, I hope you do. So, um, you know, we lock that in and we turn off every other facility and we make sure that that happens. And and otherwise, you know, as again, as other small business owners would know, it's 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 seven days a week. It's not quite 24-7, but you're switched on and you're just spinning around and you're dealing with this and you're dealing with that the whole time. And if you don't get these moments away, and I'm not even talking about breaks, I mean setting aside those broader strategic and tactical sessions then you bargain so that, yeah. that's how we sort of focus really yeah wow well, are you exhausted yeah. like you tired yes. do you feel like you need a break yes <laughs> <laughs> so do i yeah, look, oh god it's full on isn't it like and, so and full on people know that and it's not it's a mindset too yeah. i mean if you aren't it, it, i don't know does it does, maybe that's wrong maybe there are these gurus out there but i've found over the years talking the last 10 years to other small business owners and that that if you aren't consumed mentally even during your off periods then you're probably not 100 in and charging your business anyway so it's more about going yep i know i'm going to be consumed i know i'm going to wake up with my little moments of, of, of genius and get to bring that to the office this day and when i go to sleep i'm doing the same thing and it's kind of you know, it, it, it drains you, but that's why you need to also, just like setting aside, as I spoke about before, those moments of those broader strategy sessions away from the day-to-day running of the business, you also yeah. need to set aside times to turn off your phone, take a week off, 
you know, go on the surf where no one can catch you and, and have those realize that the world does turn without you and you, you get refreshed. So that, that's, I'm not necessarily that good at that, but, you know, I certainly try to. Mm, so important. All right, then. So mm. where's the best place to find veggie pods? Is it best that they go straight to your website or how do they find the product? Well, yeah, I mean, we certainly have a strong website presence there so people can get on there. Um, uh, if they want to see them in the flesh, which most people do, we have a, a very, in Australia anyway, we have a very big network of independent stockers. So we're in about 250 garden centres and mitre tens and the likes around Australia. So you can see those on our store locator on the website. Um, we're in a lot of community areas too, community gardens. and But, you know, if you jump on your website, all those little pointers of where you can see us or find us or, or indeed even if, if people want to come to see us here in our Sydney shed quarters, we have a little showroom here. We're certainly welcome to, to take people in here. So yeah. is it is it veggiepod.com? Dot .au. Dot .au. All right then. Okay, yep. so veggiepod.com.au. Simon, thank you so much for joining us here today. Not at all. Thanks for having me. Pleasure.